Here's your host, Alex Garrett. Well, he's back. And uh, another edition of Alex Garrett Podcasting. By the way, great conversation with Ali Kamani of Razor Scooters. That was uh, that was just so cool to hear how he's adapting to his leg uh, surgery and recovery and getting back out there skateboarding. Um, and he's one with the culture, as is my returning guest, Charlie Culture. Hey, Charlie, what's going on? Not much, pal. Getting ready for a fantastic Memorial Day weekend. By the way, we have a, it's like a cultural icon, you know, Memorial Day weekend. How fitting is it that it could rain the first time everyone can <laughs> feel some freedom? It might just be cold and raining. It's like, that wasn't what we were planning, was it? <laughs> I know, rain Friday, rain Saturday, rain Sunday, rain possibly on Monday. Like, what is this? And then, you know, in a couple weeks, you'll hear the band Father's Day movement pipe up. I, I won't <laughs> talk about that in a second. But you alerted me this week in the cultural world that, you know, John Cena is this big, tough guy. Oh, boy, John Cena is bowing down like a coward, to the CCP, the Chinese Communist Party. What the hell, Charlie Culture? Yeah, I honestly don't understand why he even had to give an apology. Like, it was just so uncalled for. And he just is just another athlete that looks weak in the media spotlight. You know what I mean? We saw LeBron do it with the whole Daryl Morey incident like a year or two ago. It's like, I don't understand why they feel the need to address the CCP. Like, is the CCP going to come over here and, like, kidnap them and, like, and like hold them prisoner in China? So I really don't understand why they feel the need to go about and do this. Uh, more importantly, I don't understand why the NBA feels the need to do, in, to do this. Oh, wait, I know why, because he get. They get money from them, right? There in this, right at the end, of, right? Point. Exactly. At the end of the day, it's all about the dollar signs, just just like everything else in life. And I guess if they need to keep, you know, their source of income happy, then I can understand why. But it it's just stupid that they have to rely on these people for money with all the you know with all the bad stuff that that they've done over the years. It's, it is to me treacherous and almost. I guess I wouldn't say treasonous, but it is traitorous at best of what they do to rely on them for their income and not New York. It's just like, uh, not the United States. It's like China doesn't like us. Now we're giving them the right. intellectual property to vaccines, which I'm not a big fan of. Uh, and I'm questioning that. But yeah, it, it just John Cena. And did you did you notice any other reaction to it on Twitter? I, I can't imagine people were supportive of it, were they? Well, I sent it to my friend Matt, who is probably one of the most biggest John Cena fans there are in the world, and he was a little, you know, fed up with it, you know, kind of calling him a sellout and everything, but it just doesn't make sense, but I will say, though, the memes that have come about from it have been pretty funny, so I'll give kudos to that, but all in all, it's... It's just a terrible, terrible look. Uh, staying in the cultural world, last night, uh, New York City became like a Vancouver or a Boston, uh, uh, any of those random cities that outburst after a win of a championship 
our city party like we just won the championship and it was only game two but what was it like for you to see them pouring out of the garden and cheering them on and sticking around crowding up around the garden what was that like to you because you're a big basketball fan charlie cool. <laughs> thank you thank you well you know what i think it was i think it was just eight years of just failure of hard times and when you reach like your lowest of lowest points like how the knicks have and feel as though you know they got screwed over with the lottery they get screwed over year by year in and year out they Whenever they do good, people always complain. They're always dragged in the media because people like to use them for clicks. It felt good to finally be able to do something positive and be in a positive spotlight. And it was just eight years of just built up emotion, just all let out by, you know, the Knicks fan base. But I will say I am happy to see that it's actual fans that are celebrating and not the usual suits that, that usually sit at the Garden to watch either the Knicks or the Rangers or whoever is is playing at the Garden. It's I thought real you were going to say the cutouts. You were happy the cutouts weren't celebrating last <laughs> Right, exactly. It's real blue-collar New Yorkers who are there to watch their beloved Knicks, which we haven't seen the Knicks, you know, be a top team in the East, you know, in a while now. So it's just bringing back memories of the Carmelo era, going back to, you know, to the 90s and everything. So it's good times right now in the Garden. Hopefully they can come out with a victory. Although I wasn't a big fan of the We Want Brooklyn chance. There's no reason for that. We probably won't even play Brooklyn unless we, you know, go on a crazy run to, to the Eastern Conference Finals. I think we should just take him one game, one series at a time and just focus on Trey Young and the Hawks. Well, you said we. I thought I saw a picture of you at Barclays. I, I thought the we was Brooklyn. Ne- never that. Never that. Never that. <laughs> just, making, <laughs> just making sure. No, and you know, if Brooklyn does go further, I wouldn't be mad at it. I think they would deserve it. I think the fact is they have gone out. You can't knock Steve Nash because he's brought all these guys on. If it was another coach, I don't know. But you got the Nash, D'Antoni. Uh, who has all these connections, and look what they've made out of this. So it's, it's pretty fascinating to see what's gone on. And I'm I'm very happy for Steve Nash. The guy was an outstanding player, all stand-up guy. And as a coach, he's just – he's on fire right now. Yeah, well, I mean, the Nets are the favorites to win the NBA championship. When you have three players of the caliber of a Kyrie Irving – a James Harden and a Kevin Durant, you're automatically going to be the favorites no matter what. So, but I think the problem that lays with the Brooklyn Nets is that they're not like the New York team. It's not like they've been in Brooklyn throughout their entire franchise history. So it's not like they have the backing of everybody in New York. Yes, they went to Brooklyn. They gained more fans and everything, but it, but they don't have that New York history. So I guess kudos to them. Do I want to see them lose? Yes, because because that's the Knicks' rivals. That would be like me, you know, cheering for the Mets or the Giants or the Rangers. Like I just can't do that. So well, I mean, I it's a good story. To... It, it it is a good story, but I do hope that they end up losing. Uh, we'll have to see. I mean, it, it the other point of that is they seem very fragile. Like one fall could end one of these guys' postseason, and that's just um, the reality. I, I think the Nets are facing. But besides that, I try to stay away. From, I want to stay away from sports a little bit because we did a lot of that last week, and this week, 
I mentioned the vaccine just a little while ago. <laughs> uh, free college to those who get vaccines. Everything is free, Charlie, if you get a vaccine, except for a seat at City Hall or in Albany. What's the deal with that? Yeah, I mean, it's starting to feel like it's like a real-life game show. It's like, come on down. You, you are the next contestant. If you go get the vaccine, you're going to win a free car. You're going to win a house. You're going to win $500 million for life. It's just crazy that they keep coming out with all these incentives to make people get the vaccine, which I think just makes it seem more sketchy than it already does. If you want to go get it, then go get it. I don't know why they have to feel as though they need to, you know, persuade people to go get it. Do you, um, who was on it? I believe it was John Starks. He was saying that people came down to the garden to get the vaccine. They would get next tickets for next year and everything. I mean, yes, it's good to go out and get the vaccine, but why do incentives need to be attached? So, you know what I mean? It's kind of like, but do I sit around here, Charlie, that is throwing it in the face of you and me and anybody else who's been paying tuition over the years. Right, but it's kind of like, which incentive do I really want in order to say, hmm, let me go outside today and go and get the vaccine? It's kind of like a wait-and-see approach. And if they keep on, you know, increasing the value of the incentive, they might actually end up giving away a a, a car or something. It's just crazy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> hey, you know what? Offer some free uh, a rental you know, real estate now because the real estate business is hurting. Give us some uh, free space back. You know, that's that's what I'm talking about. It, it should get to that level, I think, if it's going to be that much. Um, but, yeah, and you've got the governor still moaning all this. By the way, on this topic, have you noticed the subway conductors? Do you, do you take the subway, right? So have you noticed them, you know, say, oh, stop here and get your vaccine? Like, I don't like it being propagated through this public address system of our subway that's 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 not that's not good well they actually had an ad up i forgot what train i was on but i saw it and it was like if you headed over to 34th street in herald square i think or somewhere around there you get a free metro card for for a week and whatnot so i'm just saying to myself hmm you know that that's that's a pretty good you know deal because considering that i take the subway so, I mean, some of these incentives are, are, are pretty cool, but it's just crazy how everything is turning into, if you go and get the vaccine, you're going to be rewarded for it. It's uh, it's downright, uh, I don't know, it just, I said on Facebook, it extends the government's will, and that's what I'm always worried about, you know. So, it's just dangerous. Hey, I've got to ask you, uh, de Blasio and a Nick Hat, was that just wrong to see, or what did you think of that? Well, it was wrong of him to be in Netskier, you know, the week prior. And considering that he is not a real New Yorker, he's from Boston, and he lives in, I think, Red Hook or wherever the hell he lives, he kind of fits the mold of the Brooklyn Nets fan base. So stick with your Brooklyn Nets. And I didn't like how he, you know, called out Trey Young and whatever. Like, why are you giving this Hawks team bulletin board material? And he sounded stupid saying all of these things. Like, I'm like, I will bet my life that Bill de Blasio has probably not watched more than five NBA games this season. Like, I just don't like it, he, he just sounded so stupid. And I hate when politicians who probably 
haven't even watched any sports games throughout the season decide that they're going to, you know, put on a, a jersey and a hat and start trash talking as if they know what they're saying. And, if, and to me personally, I think it's a bad luck type of thing. Well, ironically, they did win, the, the you know, the day after he wore it. So that was kind of funny to me. Hey, you know, <laughs> um, there there is some more uh, Twitter stuff, as I mentioned. Ban Father's Day. You didn't really know this when I brought this up to you. I said, what the heck's going on here? Like, you're a father. Why? How does it make you feel to even see that? I mean, if this was like three years ago, I would have more of like an outrage. But honestly, at this point, with everything that happens in this world today, I'm really not surprised at all, to be honest. It, it, at one point, it's going to be a cancellation for everything. We're all just going to sit in the corner. We're going to twiddle our thumbs, and that would be life as we know it. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just pointless. There's a problem for everything. Everybody's always in their feelings. Everybody gets hurt by something. If you do, you know... If you do A, somebody with B gets hurt and everybody's upset and we got to lash out and you got to make everybody happy and participation trophies and blah, blah, blah. It's just, it's just disgusting. It's uh, the, the cancel culture is, is nauseating and it's nauseating the fight. So I don't know. I just can't help but fight it though. There's just something in me that says, no, you're not going to get away with these kind of things. You know, just... <laughs> Because here's the thing, if enough people speak up, then they will do something stupid like that. And that's what I'm worried about, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I, w- I mean, it's kind of like, how far can you push somebody until they snap? You know what I mean? Well, yeah, like how many times, you know, uh, how many times can you push a politician until he finally caves in? That's kind of where I see it with this stuff. I mean... It, I don't think Biden would legislate banning uh, Father's Day, but you know, it's just, it's not out of the realm. It's just, you know, like, like honestly, honestly, wh- what, what comes about if you were to ban Father's Day? Like, 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 what does that prove? What does that do? Like, I don't understand the reasoning behind it. Like, I just don't get it. Yes, it is, you know, a kind of like a Hallmark holiday, like, Mother's Day and Valentine's Day where we should appreciate our loved ones every day of the year. But it, it's just kind of like a day to, like, recognize them and give them their, you know, due for what they do, you know, 365 days a year. So I just don't understand what comes about if you were to cancel Father's Day. Like, like, like does canceling Father's Day bring world peace? No. So I, <laughs> so I don't understand the point of it i'm looking at your twitter by the way and i see a couple of interesting things i react to the piano man but uh i also sent you an article today where we saw a councilman who's running for mayor in atlanta have to call the cops after wanting to defund the cops because his car's got car got stolen uh, charlie we see this on twitter a lot this whole anti-police thing but it's a real life uh who are you gonna call if you hate the cops right right i I think what it just comes down to is I I think they come up with these laws and everything just to shut people up. It's kind of like when you have, like, kids and they're constantly crying because they want something and then you finally give in just to keep them quiet. 
and you don't care what the repercussions are. I mean, that's what it reminds me of in a way. And I think it's just stupid. But I do think there needs to be a broader and a more sufficient, no, not, I'm, I'm sorry, a more efficient way to do things and make changes, not just, you know, doing with the first thing that comes into your head. We aren't going to change things overnight. It needs to be a long, drawn-out process because there is no simple solution. But they think just by putting, it, it, it's like the movie, uh, what, what was it called? It was, uh, This is the End where uh who was it not jonah hill i forgot who it was but there's like a big crack in the wall and he takes a piece of duct tape to put over it but it, it doesn't help and that kind of reminds me of what they're doing here with this it's kind of like trying to put the band-aid over you know something that's way larger and it's not going to help i'm glad you mentioned uh that kind of idea of like a band-aid but it's not going to help well thing. Because, to be honest, folks who are listening, Charlie always sends me this in good good fun, and I often wonder, Charlie, when you send me this, what your actual reaction is. Because you send it because it's just like something funny you saw, but I've got to also feel like you, you, you have a feeling toward it, that's why you share it. Yeah, like, you know what it is, is that if you go against the popular opinion, then you're, you know, hashtag canceled, and you're... And you're racist, you're sexist, you're atheist, you're this, you're that, you're blah, 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 blah. So it's, I think it's getting harder for people to voice their to voice their unpopular opinion on things. And I think it's okay for people to difference in opinions. Like, if you go to a deli and you go order a bagel and you prefer cream cheese over butter, that's okay. Whatever you want on your bagel is okay. But for some reason, if you differ in opinion, it's like just committed like mass murder or something it's just it's 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 just sad to see it's we, so funny about this because the outrage of bagel boss guy i'm just thinking of him right now <laughs> <laughs> right but we should all have different ideas and ideologies because that's how we move and proceed and expand as a society and it kind of feels like you have to be careful with everything that you do and say because then you're going to be you know, you, then you're pretty much going to be canceled. I know, and you know what's interesting is the people that want this are the same people that say tolerate everything. It's so backwards to me. Right, it just, it's, you know what it is? It's one big contradiction. Now, I don't know if you want into this, but you corrected me on Jean Valjean spelling because I have one more day <laughs> of, like, being production director at, at, as a substitute at, at the radio station we work at, and, um, I'm like, huh, that's funny. You're like, I spelled it wrong. But then you spelled it right, and I'm like, wait, how does the sports guy know Les Miserables? And you just added a total new wing to this this Charlie Culture segment because you love Broadway. I am very impressed with that, firstly, because all I know you for is sports and, and having laughs. I didn't know the Broadway part. Yes, I am a, a low-key theater person. Uh... My favorite musical is probably Grease, I would say. Yes, I'm very cliche, but I've always loved Grease. Now, you say uh, musical, but you mean the movie, right? Because there was an actual yeah, musical. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I also like Phantom of the Opera. I like Sweeney Todd. Hello, Dolly was pretty good. Music Man was pretty good. Um, 
Well, you know, and Music Man, solid. you know what I think? Hugh Jackman, when they reopen Broadway, needs to carry those, have those 76 trombones go down Broadway as a reopening. Come on, let's do it, right? <laughs> you know what? That, that's not a bad idea. I like that. And uh, I just, this is me wandering around New York City at like 10 o'clock at night after work. I'm like picking up these ideas left and right. And um, on a Zoom I was on earlier, it's kind of like how that goes, right? If you're in the city, you just pick up on these things and make ideas out of them. Right. Yeah, I mean, for some reason, I always get a text from you at like at like 11.30 at night of you posing in front of the Empire State Building or something. I'm just like, bro, what is this kid doing? Go home. It's time for bed. <laughs> Not for me. But that is kind of funny. My phone hasn't been stolen yet, thanks be to God. <laughs> um, well, well, well you, you better be really careful because crime is up in the city. So... So I don't want somebody stealing your phone or kidnapping you or something. Ah, uh, well, I got two crutches here. I think I could handle it. But I get what you're saying, and I appreciate the concern. But back to Broadway, because this is a serious issue. Um, a lot of actors have been out of work. I don't know if you know the acting community or not, but a lot of them are out of work, and a lot of them just are struggling. And here's another thing where I feel the politicians just don't understand the culture of the culture, meaning they don't understand the effects they've had on the actors or or the crew, any of them, uh, they just do what they want to do. Yeah, well, I think with now with everybody getting vaccinated and everything, and that movie theaters have opened up, and every and especially sporting venues, I think we're going to see Broadway up and coming sooner rather than later. And once De Blasio is out of office in November, I think that would be you know the real comeback more than anything because. You know, whoever wins the election is probably going to be a way better mayor than him. And they will understand, like, what this city needs to get back to what it was pre-COVID. And 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 you can even make the cases, say, even pre-de Blasio. Well, so, what, you know, it's funny you mention that because here in New York City, the culture is picking up on the election. You know, if you've been in this, the mayoral election in New York back in 2013 wasn't really followed um in, in July of 13. It just was not. But since everybody's starting to declare, they've had the debates, there's been more of a attachment to this race. Have you noticed that? Well, I think that's just more because the city has turned to absolute doo-doo uh, to keep it clean. And, uh, and the mayor is just one big walking joke. So I think people are just tired of seeing what the city has become is basically what it was pre Rudy Giuliani. So I think people are just sick and tired of living through this once again, especially uh, the older generation. And they just want change and everything. Like it just sucks that now, like you, like you can't even ride the subway without fearing for your life of getting slashed or something. You know what I mean? I do. Charlie, let's talk about this because We've got a quote-unquote millennial in here. We've got Andrew Yang. And he may appeal to a certain sector, but not the whole city is going to buy into him. Yeah, you know what Yang is? I understand what he's trying to do. He's trying to fit in. But he's like, when when you were in elementary school and you had that out-of-town kid come and they tried to fit in, even though you knew they were from out-of-town and out-of-the-city, but they didn't really, you know, fit in and they were a little awkward. 
that's what Andrew Yang reminds me of. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. I mean... Because I never I knew he was from it, the city. I always thought he was like... I didn't even know he was from the city until he declared. I'm like, wait, what? Yeah, yeah. You know what it is? It's his heart's in the right place in a way. I don't know. I mean, I guess. But I don't... But he just looks kind of stupid with what he's doing. Like, there was a video on Twitter the other day of him at a park, and he took a jump shot, and it just looked like it was just so bad. And it's like, why are you doing this, and why are you taking the shot if you look so awkward doing it? Like, like that's not going to so win you votes like, You're telling me 70-something-year-old Bernie Sanders is a better shot than Andrew Yang. Is that what you're telling <laughs> right. me? But what I'm saying is, if you know what's going to make you look bad, why even go and do it? Like, why are you bringing a negative spotlight to to what you're doing like like i'm not gonna go sing on broadway if i was running for mayor because i can't sing to save my life so i'm not gonna make myself look bad you know what i mean it just it's like i feel like his campaign and the people that are you know supporting him and whatnot and people that are backing him are just giving him bad political advice well you know and you could be right on that i mean it's amazing to me how after the shooting in Times Square, most of those candidates are not fond of the police. I mean, I know Eric Adams was a cop, and I think that boosts him in the in the ranking here, but the, the idea that all of them want the police again is a farce, and I don't know, I just thought Andrew Yang came off as the fakest, saying, how dare you, you know, saying we need to refund the police. Well, where were you months ago, you know? Right, I mean... Listen, it just sucks that we even have to talk about, you know, shootings on a consistent basis and everything. And, yes, there are instances where cops are in the wrong, and you have your bad cops out there, without a doubt, who make the other good ones look bad. But at the end of the day, you still need police. You still need policing. There are a lot of bad people out there in the world, and we see it time and time again. So... I mean, we have to stop flip-flopping no matter what your party wants, and this has to be a bipartisan effort. And I think the candidate who's going to win needs to show that and come forward with it and turn this city back around. All right, my million-dollar question to you is this. Are we so attached to this race because, let's be honest, New Yorkers are thirsting for a culture change? Yeah, without a doubt. Like I just said, the city has has gone down the tubes and with the Blasio in office for what is it now, eight years or whatever, you know, it's time for something new. It's time for something refreshing. It's kind of like in sports where, you know, you have a coach and you get to the playoffs, but, but you just can't get over the hump and you keep on losing. And then you end up firing him to bring in a new voice and something. That's kind of like what New York city needs right now. They need a change desperately. Like, this city is probably the worst that we've seen it in like two or three decades. So it's I think that's why we're so attached because because finally there's a light at the end of the at the end of the tunnel. And not only just in the race, I mean there's a light in general that we haven't seen yeah. in quite a while. Hey, you know, I was just thinking because you talk about sports and changing and everything. Uh, your boy Lou Lamorello, I wish he was a New York City resident. He would change the city in heartbeat. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, Sweet Lou would probably go out and 
acquire, you know, the right mayor and acquire the right police commissioner to really run this city and get it back on track. And you know what I like about him is that he has like a no-nonsense type of policy. And I think that's what we need. I think we need to put the bad guys in their place and and fault them for, for their mistakes. Uh, yeah, it's, you know, and Joe Borelli said on Twitter that this bail reform, we're going to see full effect of it uh, now with everybody's opening up again, going out there, and the criminals are out there too. So it's, it's yep. all a perfect storm that's going to be a mess. All right, I don't know if you follow TikTok trends as, as close as I do. I mean, I'm the one supplying them to you, for God's sakes, but that's okay. <laughs> um, but Olivia Rodrigo, she's worth mentioning because she just found herself in the spotlight with Good For You. And, and to me, it feels like all this generation is finding their emo again. I don't know if you've seen a lot of these videos, but this song just to be, seems to be permeating in both minds of the male and the female. And I think, boy, if both genders can be unified with this song... We could finally beat the UFOs. You know what I mean? <laughs> listen, listen. Well, anyway, whatever people like, God bless you. I don't care. You know what I mean? It's like, why do we care about what people like and what people do? If you want to go and you want to like, you know, your emails, uh, wow, email. You want to go and like your emo stuff and your metal and your rock. I don't care. It doesn't affect my life at all. You, you. If that makes you happy then go for it. God bless you. Go like it. Go jam out. Go do your thing. I don't care. You know what I mean? It's like we've got to stop faulting people and well, I'm not bull. bullying I'm them for trend. just liking stuff and being themselves. It's like, a great you trend, know what though. I mean? I love the trend itself. I don't know if you've seen a lot of videos, but it just it seems to be bringing everybody together in a time where we need it. Right, but you know what it is? It's, it's allowing people to express themselves. Go out and be you. I don't understand why people hate on other people so much you know what i mean it's like you go out and you do your thing i don't care <laughs> like like it doesn't have an effect on your life so if so if if uh johnny up the block you know likes mm -hmm. to paint his nails black and and he listens to black sabbath or whatever then you know all the power to him i don't care if that makes him happy and He's he's enjoying his life. Then good for him. All right. Yeah, I I agree. And it just it, to me, I just love seeing people be themselves. And 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 she's really done that. She's had a few hits this year, to be honest. If I'm being honest with you. Now, it's Memorial Day weekend. It might be a little rainy, but any good plans? Uh, unfortunately, I have to work. But uh, I am going to the beach on Monday for a friend's birthday, depending on how the weather is. So those are my only plans, sadly. <laughs> Nothing's out about it, man. You got to work and, uh, you know, you have fun at where you work. And I, I, I know about that every week, it seems like. So I'm glad that you're having fun where you're at. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much. And uh, on that note, uh, I feel like, we have a nostalgic kind of week in the culture. We saw Mickelson. We saw the Knicks, the Islanders at the barn, the first time since 93. How nostalgic does it feel? I mean, you weren't around in 93, right? But but just no, knowing, I wasn't. <laughs> knowing it was a long time coming for Islander fans, I mean, for the Islanders, uh, yeah, it hit the culture. And do you think being in Brooklyn brought New York City fans into the fold more so than it did when they were just on the island? Um... I mean, 
I guess it did. I guess it broadened their fan base, but they were always going to have their main fan, their main fan base out on Long Island. Uh, who's Pat McAfee said it best. The Islanders have been, you know, a staple on Long Island for their for their entire franchise. That's Long Island's team, and that's why you see the Coliseum rocking like like that's Long Island's only professional, you know, major sports team. So they love their Islanders. So, but I do think they probably did gain a couple of fans once they moved over to Barclays. But the key here that we got to remember is that fans are now allowed back in the building and at venues and everything. Like, think about it. When Phil Mickelson was making his walk down 18 on Sunday, did you see the mob of people that followed him? We yeah. haven't seen that since the days of, like, Tiger. You know what I mean? It was cool. It was great. It was fascinating. Just a swarm of people just following Mickelson and Kepka down 18. It was <laughs> beautiful. And I think that's what we really miss. And you want to talk about nostalgia? I mean... We we never see that. I think the only times that we've ever seen that is with Phil and with Tiger, yep. the two superstars of the golf world over the past, you know, I guess two, three decades or whatever. So you know, they're proving age is just a number, at least Mickelson is. And Seaver did right. too, by the way. Speaking of old legend, Tom Seaver won his three under the game at forty. So I'm just thinking to myself, all these guys when they get older, they still have the will and the, the sad part is our generation has sort of lost the will to be that good or that dedicated to anything. I don't know. That's just Well, yeah, because everybody gets a participation trophy. If you finish in second or third, it's okay. You still go and get a sticker. There's no, there's no fight. There's no will. There's no, you know, hunger to go be number one. People are content with being number two. And I wasn't brought up that way. I was always, if, if you're not finishing in first, then you're doing something wrong. If you so ain't it's, first, you're right. last, as the as it goes in Ricky Bobby. <laughs> right, so if you're not, so you, it's either first or go home. You know what I mean? You always want to win no matter what, but people just don't have that, don't have that drive anymore. Not, uh, not everybody, but at least John Tavares does. I saw him practicing on the ice. That yes, thank, thank God, to be honest. That was, that was a scary hit. To him, uh, playing tonight. I mean, I don't think he played, but to be practicing at least was good to see. Because, um, you know, there have been incidents on that ice that some may are worried for their life. And it's just, it's amazing. It's, thank God he survived that, you know? Uh, yeah, it was and, really and then, scary. Look at that in, in Canada while I have a minute with you. Finally, an original six rivalry reignited at you know between montreal and toronto that's not been for years now right but the thing that sucks is that there are no fans in the stands to enjoy it thank so, you though, right i mean come on. <laughs> i know so it kind of so it kind of takes away from it and i think you really notice that the fans aren't there when you compare it to other series like islanders pittsburgh carolina nashville the florida series you really notice that that there aren't fans in the stands, and it really takes away from it. Well, you know what we gotta do? We gotta do a remote someplace from like a <laughs> bar during. No, I'm serious because I want to get out there. I'm just thinking a tracks bar during a my a Nick game because they're back. They're across the street from the Garden now. I don't even know what that is, but 
there's a bar underneath the garden and it's a nice little place but they they moved across the street at, during the pandemic and I'm like I hope people go there I hope they support their locals this uh, this postseason what a perfect time right to rebirth yeah our small yeah business. right so yeah Charlie Coulter thanks for weighing in on everything uh, under the sun tonight uh, I really believe one last note that the Yanks and Mets were meant to have rainouts last night so we could focus on the big games at hand, right? <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. And, uh, well, they split today, but so be it. All right, Charlie, thanks so much, man. And uh, what's what's your eye on now moving forward for the next week? Well, I have to watch my Islanders. They moved on. They're playing the Bruins. Uh, the Yankees also play Boston next weekend, so it's really, you know, Screw Boston for for the next week and a half, uh, and of course the next uh, they're tied up in the series. I hope they're able to pull it out. I do think it's going to go seven, but they really need Julius and RJ and everyone to really get back on track. So it's going to be. Because I remember the question I want to ask you: um, banning of fans now after the incidents with the popcorn and then other stuff going on in our arenas. It's the first time I remember fans being banned from going to a playoff series. Have you remember this? Yeah, I, I don't know what's gotten into NBA fans. Like, what is the reasoning behind throwing popcorn and spitting? And you know what? I just don't understand it. Yes, sit there, chant, you know, say, you know, Trey is balding and everything. But why are you spitting on him? Like, what's wrong with you? Like, where are your manners? I just don't understand it. Uh, I think part of the reason why last night was so crowded outside the garden and part of the reason why people are acting up is because we've been inside for a year. Right. I, I, no, I understand that, but but, but, but I agree that doesn't mean to go spit on someone. And, and more We're so, still in a pandemic. You're hitting, but, and you're also hitting home something I had mentioned, which is these guys should be grateful that these players played their heart outs during a pandemic. That should yeah, even yeah. that should raise the gratitude level, you know. Yeah, and exactly. I'm, I'm honestly happy for Trey because that kid was such a stud in Oklahoma. We all know it can be tough to adapt, and there it goes adapting to the NBA. But he's <laughs> done it with not just done it with flying colors too. Yeah, Trey Trey was a phenomenal talent out out in Stillwater. No, I'm sorry, not Stillwater. Oh, excuse me. Uh, out in Norman, Oklahoma, and I'm glad to see that he's carried his game over to the professionals. And he kind of went under the radar because, you know, honestly, who are the Hawks, right? I think that's kind of why his rise is so interesting right now. That is true, playing playing in a semi a semi smaller market. But Trey Young's a phenomenal player, and that kid can shoot the ball. I'll tell you, well, he, he can did shoot. Tonight, and I think. For the Knicks, they have to come out of it at least winning one. I, I can't see them winning two down in Atlanta. But well, they could surprise us. Look, the Yanks went down there. I mean, it's a different sport. But, yeah. All, yeah. all they have to do is steal one in Atlanta and then just take care of business at home and, and they win the series. That's all. Sort of like the Islanders did, right? They they really did take that one away uh, uh, in Pittsburgh. And then they came back and finished the job. Exactly. And you know, if they had won... If whoever won that game going into Bulls Garden was going to win the next game. It just had that momentum, didn't it? It really did feel like it. And I think 
the Islanders winning game five in overtime kind of deflated the Penguins. And then in game six, when the Islanders fought back and tied it three different times, I think it just took the wind out of their sails. Yeah. Yep. And, and then that one pass, and it was a great heads-up play and goal. So incredible stuff. All right, uh, Charlie, one last thing. Since it's clear we can't always rely on leadership, how can we New Yorkers <laughs> change the culture, uh, you know, for one another here? I think we just have to let people be who they are, understand that if they have a difference in opinion, it's okay. The world's not going to end. We don't all have to agree on the same the same thing. There are people in my family, you know, we haven't always agreed on stuff, but we still live with each other. We're always going to fight. You know, once you spend a certain amount of time with somebody, you're going to end up fighting because that's just who we are. So if you have a difference of opinion, it's okay. You don't have to go and, like, kill the other person. It's fine. So I think by understanding each other and, you know, saying that it's to have an open dialogue. That's what I want to say. It's okay to have an open dialogue and disagree. It's okay if you're never going to agree on something. People are always going to stand their ground. If I tell you ABC and you tell me DEF and we could argue here for, you know, three weeks and we're still going to believe our points, then it's okay. You can move on and still be friends. You know what I mean? Absolutely, and that's that's what we need to. Uh, oh, we need to hit home, and I'm just thinking the man. You bring up all these thoughts as you talk because now I'm thinking like our our Jewish friends at home are being attacked right now, and that's not right. And I want to see them be supported, not you know, not not right. ignored. And I think that goes to the respecting each other uh, road exactly. you're going down here. So it's worth mentioning that they've been pretty much ignored in the city, and they need need to be supported right now. So I just want to make that comment. One last thing, Charlie, eight years ago, you didn't know me. I didn't know you, but <laughs> the seed was planted for us to get to know each other because that's where I met Curtis Sliwa. He introduced me to 970 and Frank Murano and the rest is history. And eight years later, I'm proud to say I've talked to Charlie culture. How about that? Thank you, thank you, thank you as always. Funny how life goes, but it's it's God's plan, and I'm so glad. Everything, listen, listen, everything is meant to be, everything happens for a reason. I definitely believe that without a doubt. And in the words of Bialystok and Bloom, with regards to this segment, we can do it every week. I know we can. <laughs> <laughs> we could. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm Alex Garrett, where we're always adapting. Thanks again, Charlie Culture, and we'll talk to you soon.